Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. So there will be sign-ups eventually right after service for the children's department, the worship team. If you can sing, now, now I, will, I will be honest about this. If you can't sing and you come in and you want to try out, don't be offended. We just, we'll just use you in another spot. There's just certain places that require certain skills. Amen. 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 All right. Okay, T, but don't, don't. It's, yeah, it's, go, go on, baby. Go on. Go on. <clears throat> I promise I won't be long today. But y'all already know. When a pastor says I ain't going to be long, get ready. Put your seatbelt on. Okay? There's some stuff that I wanted to sit down and say. I got on my notes, and if you guys don't know, I, I suffered a stroke, and so I, I got to go off my notes now because I forget things real quick. So I go down and look, and I'm like, uh, uh, CC? 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 You know? Not, not CC like, yes, yes. How do I do that? You guys, you guys look, look at the screen. Everybody look at the screen back there. You guys see, what, see that screen back there? Okay, thank you. All right. The right-hand distraction move. If you guys don't know, watch the replay. <laughs> thank you. Anyway, I'm going to start off. Uh, as you guys can tell, I'm just going to go, go through my notes because I'm, I don't have much time, but I, wanna, I really want this message to get across because I'm just tired. I'm tired. Anybody tired? I'm tired. I don't know where to begin. I literally don't know where to begin. It's tired of everything. Tired of the news. I'm tired of the trials. I am tired of the shootings. I am tired of the looting and the rioting. I am just plain tired. Does anybody feel that way right now? I, I don't know. I, I hope you guys have been listening to more faith than you've been listening to fear. It, chances are that right now, if I, if I was to your, get to your house and you turned on the TV, I'm sure you probably left it on a news channel. Yeah, I want you guys to think about that. You guys, I'm just tired. Just sick and tired of being sick and tired. When I first became a Christian, y'all, the first scripture I learned was this, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. First, first scripture I ever learned. It says this, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint 
not. Now, I did not know that this one scripture would literally be the very theme scripture of my life from the time I was a first Christian. I, it was the first thing I actually turned to. It was one of those, those times when you had your Bible and you go, Lord, show me something, and you Galatians chapter 6, 9. But it's been a theme scripture all of my life. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have grown weary while trying to do well. Amen. I have grown weary. I'm tired. I'm tired of the fighting. I'm tired of the bickering. I'm tired of the hatred. I'm tired of racism. I'm tired of the lack of love that has waxed cold for the brethren and the church. I'm tired of it. I wish some other people would be tired of it too. I'm just plain tired. And you guys know what the old saying is. There is no rest for the weary. Yes, hallelujah. But today we're going to learn from the Psalms of 62 that this statement that there's no rest for the weary is actually false. So if you guys will, turn your Bibles, look up at the Sky Bible, open your Bibles if you want to touch the pages, however you want to do it, just look at it and read it because I could be up here lying to you. Psalms 62, 1, and it starts, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Come on, son. My soul finds rest in God. I'll read that again. My soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Amen. Now, if anybody in the Bible knows about being weary, we know it was David. David had grown weary from all the constant assaults from his enemies. He said, how long will you assault me, a man? Would all of you throw me down? He says, I'm like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. David was so weary that he described himself as, as being a, a fence that was leaned over like a fair-filled wind in the month of March. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. In other words, he was so worn out. He felt like he was going to fall down and collapse. But yet in the middle of his weariness, he was able to find rest. Verse 5 said, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. Now the rest that David was speaking about, he was speaking about the rest that you get that comes from Jesus Christ. So let's look by starting, look, let's look at the, the prophet Jeremiah to see what Jeremiah tells us. And I'm going to read this from the NLT. 
Jeremiah chapter 6 and 16. And it reads this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. At the crossroads. Okay, sorry. Some, somebody got it. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road that I want. I could stop right here. Listen, when we are in weary times of life and we have reached our crossroads, we must choose which way we will go. Now, in this passage, God is telling us that we must choose the good way because that's the only way that we will find rest for our souls. We also see that there is no, or that, that, that phrase, there is no rest for the weary. We see why it's, po it's popular. Everybody says it. Oh, there's no rest for the weary. Pastor just got him talking about how all of us are tired. No, 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 no. The reason why we say that is because we like to choose to not listen to God and go our own way. But what we need to do is listen to God and choose the right way, and that's the good way. And when we go our own way, we ensure that we will not find rest for our souls. What is the good way? I'm glad you asked. Jeremiah wrote about it. He said it's none other than Jesus Christ himself. If you guys don't know anything about it, you know, Jesus himself said this, I am the way. Come on, somebody. Matthew chapter 11 and 28 he says this, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Truly, Jesus Christ is the good way, the only way that provides rest for our souls. As we look closer to, at Psalms 62, and we're going to go through 5 through 12, we will learn how we can experience this rest that Jesus Christ gives us for ourselves. But I have to put this, these four things. I'm going to give you four things that we're going to put in our lives, and it's called an acrostic. It's not an acronym. It's called an acrostic, but you guys will learn that later on. But it's, it's the, the acronym or acrostic of rest. How many people want rest? You guys, you guys ever lay down in your bed after a long day and you're laying in bed, but you can't go to sleep? You guys, you guys, do you realize that your body's telling you that you need rest and you can't get rest? Why can't you get rest? Probably because you, you didn't listen to Jeremiah. You didn't go the way that God wanted you to go. You started going your own way. So we're going to talk about rest. First thing that we want to talk about is the R. And the R stands for rely on God in all circumstances. David says, trust in him, meaning God, at all times. Now, I know some of you guys are, are, are sitting down listening and you might say to a skeptic, why should you trust in God all the time? Why should we rely on him? Well, that's a good question that David actually uh, answers to us. David said, trust in God because he's my rock. A rock is strong. It's firm. It's immovable. A rock is an excellent place for a foundation. 
The bottom line is this. We can rely on God because he is reliable. The rock is the foundation upon which we place our faith in God, especially on his word. Jesus told us this story that I'm sure pretty much of you guys know. Matthew chapter 7. It starts here. 24 says, therefore, who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. I love this set of scripture because as I, I, you, you see in this set of scripture on how you build a house and, um, on, a, on a solid foundation, but here goes, here, here goes the storms of life. When trouble hits you, when the rains come, when the winds come, when the floods come, Jesus said, listen, if you hear my th- sayings and you do my sayings, yes, there's going to be floods. Yes, there's going to be storms. Yes, there's going to be rain. But guess what? Because you're found upon a firm foundation of Jesus Christ, you will not be shaken. You will not be moved. But what happens to us is we have built our houses upon sinking sand. And every time the rains come, every time the winds come, every time the storm comes and shakes us, it destroys, us, it destroys everything that we work for. And we're sitting here going, why? The whole matter, the whole point in this is that you are going to face a time of testing in your life. Jesus guaranteed it. He says, in this life, you will have trouble. That was a promise. Why don't we talk about that? He said, in this life, you have have trouble. In this life, you have trouble. There are times when the storms of life are beating and battering us and cause us to grow weary and weak. And if we have not built our house or our lives upon the rock, it's going to come crashing down. And as that last scripture said, and great is its fall. Why do we see so many people who have given their lives to Christ for many, many years, people that have walked with the Lord, and then all of a sudden when trouble hits, when you get the COVID diagnosis, when they want to put you on a ventilator, when the stroke hits you, For the second time, when the doctor says, your cancer's back. (laughs) See, you guys have to understand something. Just because the storm comes doesn't mean that your house is, is, is going to, I mean, just because the storm comes, it doesn't mean that, that you're going to fall apart unless you are on sand. 
But when you build that house upon a firm foundation, there, there's going to be wind, there's going to be storms, there's going to be rain, there's going to be floods, there's going to be fires. But God said, you will not be shaken. I'm here to help you guys right now. Just because, you know, you, God, you sit down and you might get that diagnosis of death. You may sit down and wake up in the morning and be blind. You may wake up in the morning and not know your name and your kid's name. You may not know what's happening with you. But you know one thing that God gives us a promise is, is that he has got great for you later. It's not about living life right now here. It's about what God has given us later on. I'm trying not to get way ahead of myself, but I do know one thing. There are going to be storms in life. God gave me that promise. And when he gave me that promise, he said, listen, it's going to happen to you, but don't be fearful because I've overcome the world. Say to God, let's get out of this mindset that things aren't going to happen to us as Christians. It's going to happen. <laughs> the rock is the foundation that is a reliable source. The rock is a place for us to build our houses upon. And some of you guys right now, some of you guys might be real good. You, you, just as long as you got the right foundation, don't worry about how fast you build the house. You guys, <laughs> I sit down and I go through this town. I love Susun City. If you guys don't know, I've been living in Susun since 1972. Right here. I've watched it grow. I've seen it. And then, but now, like, I see some buildings. If you guys go down, go down Highway 12, there's a building that they've been building on since we started our our building project here, and it still isn't finished yet, but at least the foundation has been laid. They ain't done with it yet, but it's they're, they're working on just a little bit slower, but eventually it's going to get there. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's right across from Burger King. It's, just, it's been sitting, but that you go down a little bit further, and you go down to, to Walters Road, and you make that left across from Walmart, and you look, and you see that gas station. They have gotten that gas station built up in two months. Listen what I'm telling you. The race is not to the swift, but for them that endure. See, there's a foundation that God has laid for us. Look, don't be worried and about what somebody to the left of you, to the right of you is doing. Somebody may grow up and, and know the whole Bible left and right. Somebody over here may know two scriptures, but at the end of the day, it's about making sure your foundation is solid. Man, you guys, you guys ever grow up playing King of the Mountain? You guys, you get, is that, am I showing my age? Kids don't know what King of the Mountain is. They, they don't know that anymore. You guys, yeah, okay. Because nowadays it's all video games. They just, King of the Mountain on video games. We used to have to go outside and play. Yeah. Sister Margo, you know what we're talking about. They know. <laughs> yeah, Brother Jim, you don't know. You don't know. Listen, playing King of Mountain. Listen, as a child, it was difficult because as soon as you became the king of the mountain, everybody was trying to get your spot. You came and you, need to, you had to stand on the king, the, the, the mountain, because that was your foundation, but everybody was trying to get you from off of your spot. Everybody was coming for you. 
right? That's exactly what happened to David. David had to experience that. And David only survived because he was on a solid rock. We too can prevail over problems of life if we are founded on the rock, if we rely on God because God is the rock that David says, he says, I will not be moved. Do you guys realize that? I I just want you guys to understand something. I will not be moved. I'm like right now, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, come on, devil. I will not be moved. You, you have to understand something. When the winds blow, the winds will blow. And, and, and you know, because I like fighting movies. I, I like to see, when, when you see guys that maybe, maybe soldiers that had shields, and we're talking about old times, they have these shields, and when they linked up together, there wasn't just one person. There, was, there were a bunch of men, and they call it a phalanx, and they would hold on to their shields, and as they held on to their shields, they would dig in. And when they dug in and they got their spears, and they get ready, when the enemy came against them, when they worked together, they would sit down and they would strike. And when the enemy would come in and go against their shield, is the shield sound like a shield of faith? But you would hold on to it. And if the enemy came to hit that shield, you had to dig in and say, I shall not be moved. (laughs) That's why you got to put on the whole armor of God. I don't need to get into that whole scripture. We have to get to a place in our lives. Listen, I would hate to see a house that is shaken off of its foundation. We live in California, but you guys have to understand, this, this, this is, I'm way off my notes. If, you, if you're a house that's built upon a foundation, you still got to anchor yourself to that foundation. Because Jesus Christ is what? The anchor of my soul. See, we got to hold on to that foundation. So when things shake, you are anchored to that foundation to keep your house from falling apart. The troubles and tests of life do not affect us and cause us, um, cause us to fall. But watch this. But they can destroy us. The problems of life can destroy us. But... If we are founded upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ, we will not be shaken. We will not be moved. I know you guys, you guys ever see a skyscraper? You guys realize that skyscrapers aren't just made, you know, because they go up. They literally make a skyscraper and they build the foundation to such a way as, as, that, as the ground shakes, the skyscraper begins to move like this. And as it moves like this, they do that for a reason. Because as they totter and move, as the ground shakes, or maybe the wind starts blowing really hard, it it keeps the skyscraper from falling over because the foundation is holding up the building itself. So as as the ground starts to make the building sway back and forth, the the building won't collapse. You guys ever sit down in a, a time of worship? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe because I've been in church too long. And sometimes you guys just sit there, and all of a sudden you guys start doing this. And then I start seeing people going. 
And see, that's indicative of what's going on in your life right now. You may not see the spiritual storms or the wind or a rockladon hitting you and trying to keep you from your destination, but sometimes you got to be on that foundation that God has you on. You may be teetering, you may be waving, but you know what? You're still on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. You may wave, but you will not collapse. We don't have to pretend that the storms of life don't affect us, but neither do those storms destroy us. So when you're feeling weak and weary, rely on God because he is reliable. Next, we must learn the E. That means earnestly call on God in times of trouble. David continues in verse 8 by saying this in Psalm 62 and 8. He says, pour out your heart before him. One one, uh, translation says this, tell God or tell him all your troubles. Or it says this, always tell God or tell him each one of your concerns. In times of trouble, we call upon God because we can rely on him. Now, I don't know any of you guys have experienced this, but praise the Lord. Imagine you've been arrested for something you didn't do, all right? Maybe it was a mistaken identity for some reason. You have to prove to the police that you weren't the one they thought you was. So they take you down to the jail, and then you get in the jail, they arrest you, they book you, you got one phone call. Who you going to call? Don't say Ghostbusters. <laughs> Are you going to call on someone who has repeatedly let you down in the past? Are you going to call on someone who fails to follow through? No. In your mind, the first, the first person you're going to call is who's going to get my bail? You're going to use that phone call to call the most reliable person you know. Come on with me with this. In times of trouble, we call on those whom we can rely on, and there is no one more reliable than Jesus Christ. When we are in trouble, we have to learn to call on God instead of calling on our friends. Hmm. See, we got to learn how to call on God when we're having those troubled times. Do you guys remember who Hannah is? You guys remember Hannah? She, she eventually had a son, was a prophet, a priest, Samuel. You guys know there's a whole long story about Hannah. She, she, she had a provoker because, as you know, Hannah was the one who her husband really loved, but his other wife, side piece, had children, Hannah didn't, right? And she always provoked Hannah. So, you know, that was kind of adding insult to injury. But Hannah knew who to go to. Hannah went to the, to the temple, and she got on her knees, and she began to pray to God, and she, she began to call out to God. And, and I, I, I don't want to preach this right now because I, I really feel this because I love but Hannah because you guys know that word Hannah, that, that word means joy. 
But her name, Hannah, means, look, if, if you're Hannah and you're full of joy, how are you a kind of person that don't have joy? Because she couldn't have any kids. This is what she wanted. So what is she going to do? And the person that she lives with is always talking bad about her. So when she comes to she gets there, she begins to pray. And as she starts praying, listen to this very carefully. As she starts praying, she's praying underneath her breath. And then the priest looks at her and thinks that she's drunk. Because she's praying. But what she's really doing is learning how to call out on God. You know, sometimes people want to be in your prayer business and want to overhear what you're praying. You, you guys know that they call a prophet line. Trying to, trying to ear hustle on when you're talking to God. Anyway, but she prayed and called out on God, and God gave her what she wanted. Gave her exactly what she wanted. She gave him a man child who, came, who was, was the priest to the nations. But she, she understood that when she went to the sanctuary and called upon God, that God would hear her. That was the main thing that we have to get from about Hannah's story. We have to understand that we have to call out to God earnestly, not calling people to come help us, not calling friends to come help us, but learn how to get on your knees and get in your sanctuary and start calling upon God. David says that we can pour out our souls to God because he is our refuge. And just like Hannah poured out her soul to the Lord in the security of the tabernacle, so we, can, so we also can pour out our souls in the security of our refuge. Nahum the prophet said this, Nahum 1 and 7, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. The Lord is good good, and he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Now, if you're in some trouble, you need to learn to start going to, to the Lord and talk to him about it, not to your friends, not to your counselors. You need to go, look, before you even come talk to your pastors, you, be, you, need, you need to talk to the Lord first. Thank you for you three people. They're going to call me later on for advice. In times of trouble, we can confidently call on the Lord because he cares for those who rely on him. When we rely on the Lord, he becomes a refuge for us, and such he takes care of us all. Next, we're going to the S. And what is the S? Set your heart on God. We know that we are to set our hearts on God because there is nothing else that we can reliably set our hearts on. David basically said this. He says, trust God with all of your possessions. Trust God with all of your possessions. I just just read that wrong. (laughs) He said, trust God with your heart and not on people and possessions. Psalm 62 and 9 says this, surely men of of low degree are a vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. <laughs> Surely men are a low degree are vapor. Yeah. And men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed in the scales, they are all together. So you put them all together and what are they worth? Lighter than air. 
I'm not going to say it over the pulpit. In this we learn we cannot afford to set our hearts on other people. The truth is other people will sooner or later always let you down. Can I, can I just help you guys out? I'm going to let you guys down. I'm going to let you guys down. If you guys don't know this yet, prepare yourself. Because people will let you down. Your pastor will let you down. Your mom will let you down. Your brothers and sisters will let you down. Your husband, your wife, your kids will let you down. But we shouldn't rely so much on people or possessions. We need to rely on God. Proverbs 25 and 19, and I love this scripture. It says this, confidence in an unfaithful man in times of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. <laughs> you ever got one of those friends you cannot rely on them for nothing? You guys know I'm talking. You got a bad tooth? What do you do? You don't chew on that side. Huh? Listen, we also shouldn't set our hearts on money. Paul told Timothy this in 1 Timothy, and I'm going to use the Amplified 6 and 17. It says, as for the rich in this present world, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Paul was telling Timothy straight up, look, tell everybody who thinks they're rich, you're really not. You're just poor. This is what he's trying to tell them. Because all these people in the church, they, 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 they pride themselves on having lots of money. And when they have all this money, Paul's like, look, Timothy, Bishop Timothy, you need to go tell everybody, listen, stop being so arrogant and conceited and make sure that your hope is not in your possessions, but that your hope is in Jesus Christ. Because eventually, guess what? Those stocks and everything, that Bitcoin and everything that you, you, you're putting all your money on right now, it can collapse. But God says, listen, I want you to put your hope in me. This verse demonstrates why we shouldn't set our hearts on money. It's too uncertain. God is the only thing we should set our hearts on. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in to steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is your treasure? It's your time and your talent. And when you give God your heart, you give him your treasure also. So don't give your heart to that girl or that boy. Don't give your heart to your education or your career. And don't, I mean, and, and make sure you give your heart to God. There is no rest for the weary soul when we set our hearts on friends and money. And lastly is the T. The T is this, Amphitera. T stands for trust in God's reward. If we are going to find rest for our souls, we must stop worrying about the future. Stop worrying about how things are going to end up and start trusting in God's reward. 
Jeremiah 29 and 11. Everybody knows this verse. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God says this, part of your future is God's reward. Do you know that you have a future? I know we sat here earlier in the year and we said your future doesn't look like this. You know, our future, is, it's going to be greater later. But there's a reward for us. There is a reward for those that have delighted in the way of Jesus Christ, who is the way. David writes in Psalms 11 and 12, he says, one thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Isn't it funny that even during this time of what we see through everything that's happening through the media, we always want to talk about justice? Well, God is a just God. And you better believe that, guess what? We all are going to stand before God. And when we all have to stand before God, we have to give an account. And he's going to reward us for what we've done. Don't sit there and talk about what you haven't done or what you you have done. God's going to, he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says. He is a rewarder of those that, Seek him a little bit. Are you guys hearing me? You know what diligently means? I'm going to show you what diligently means. One of these chairs in here have $500 under them. There's a chair in here right now, $500. I'll give you five minutes to find it. Okay, okay, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. You got to sit down and think, look at the analogy I just used. Most, most people, most people, they will say, I found it or I'm looking for it. You got kids. You know what I'm saying? You got kids. Did you find it? No. Where'd you look? I looked everywhere. They ain't never moved. God said, I will reward you if you diligently seek me. How can you call yourself diligently seeking God? You ain't even opened up the book to find him. And you think, oh, just because you can open up a book that you're going to find the Lord. No, you can open up, read it, but then you got to do. He says, blessed are they that hear the word, but also that are doers of the word. You got to diligently seek the Lord. But we got so many people, Christians, that are sitting here diligently thinking about. And you will get your reward. In my closing, this verse takes us all the way back to where we began earlier in the book of Jeremiah. We are at the crossroads and must choose between the good way and going our way. Those who choose the good way will experience eternal life in heaven. But those who choose 
their own way will experience God's wrath and hell. It's not popular today, is it? Pastora, it's not popular. What's popular today is, as a preacher sits here and wants to make you get goosebumps, tell you some good stuff, and get out of here and be blessed. I want that. I want to be blessed. But the truth about blessing is that I want to know the truth and the whole truth. Those that will choose the good way will have life and have life more abundantly. But those that choose their own way, way, you will experience God's wrath and hell where there is no rest for the weary soul. Today, some of you stand at the crossroads of heaven and hell and it hangs in the balance. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Choose to rely on God in all circumstances. Choose to earnestly call on God in times of trouble. Choose to set your heart on God and choose to trust in God's reward. If you choose wisely, you will discover that there really is rest for your soul. Galatians chapter 6 and 9, it says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. The rest that you need will will be found in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. today and you're just at a, a place in your life and I, and I know early we started off being talking about being tired we're talking about rest you don't have to wait to experience rest on the other side of earth you're like oh I'll get rest when I get to heaven no there is a rest that God has given us now that we can rest assured that God is with us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And some of us right now, we're just weary. We're just tired. We're tired of everything. If, if you're in here today and you're like, I'm just tired. I'm sick and tired of everything. I'm not even getting any rest at home. You guys understand what I'm saying? Are, are you laying in bed and can't sleep at night? You're dealing with all kinds of um, anxiety and issues. God says, I can give you that rest. That's what God wants to do for us today. And for those of you that are here and you haven't given your life to Christ, we would love to pray with you. Praise God. You say today, you know what? I just want to give my life to the Lord today. You might even be sitting here. You might be saved, been saved for years. And you go, you know what? Today I want to rededicate my life. If that's you, you know what? The altars are open. You can come up front. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to celebrate with you. I just need you also know that you don't have to sit down and be ashamed of it. I, I understand I'm, I'm a, a firn believer of, of the altar. And you know, nowadays it's all about sitting at the seat, but you know, just like Hannah did, she came to the altar. And she called upon God and he heard her cry. And for those, those of you that are at home that are watching us via um, 
Facebook and YouTube and wherever you're watching us at, listen, don't wait to give your life to Christ. You could do that now. And if you've given your life to Christ today, or we're going to pray before you give your life to Christ, we're going to pray that you receive the Spirit of God and forgiveness of your sins, and that we want to encourage you to come to church. The church of the doors are open. Come and give your life, not just to God, but give your life to God's body. And that's his church. Amen. So bow your head so that we could just pray a word of prayer. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for your word. We will take this word today and hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Lord, we thank you also, Lord, that we know that you have given us rest for our souls. Lord, I come against any anxiety right now, Lord, that we'll be anxious for nothing, but in all things given unto prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And we thank you, Lord, that the peace that surpasses all understanding will encompass us. But Lord, please help us in to, to remind us of your word today, that God, that you are the one that gives us rest, that you are the one that will take our burdens, you will lighten up our yokes, and we thank you for that. And God, if there's anybody in here in the sound of my voice that says, what must I do to be saved? Lord, just let them open up their mouth and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord, that I confess right now that you are the Son of God and that there's salvation only in you, that no man can come to the Father but through the, by the Son. And Lord, I thank you right now that you will give us the gift of the Holy Spirit that will guide us and lead us into all truth. Lord, thank you and fill us up right now with your spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you will continue to speak to us at any moment, at any time. I thank you for, for uh, people coming to speak to us, Lord, divine appointments. Lord, I thank you right now that even through this week that you will continue to minister to us by your word. So we thank you for all these things. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. You guys give God a praise. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.